friends, it's Cheryl from Tutoring with Cheryl. I am actually just about 20 minutes outside of a lesson, and I was just kind of finishing up my work on my uh, website, and I was really thinking about books, just books in general, because one of the things that I'm going to be focusing on in my course for tutors is finding things that you can use to teach with. And uh, I, I just kind of was looking around my office at the at the things that I have, and I've over the years accumulated some things, but I've, I've gotten some new things. And, but I was thinking about just books, like books that kids would want to dive into. And I was going to pose a question to you. Do you think that given the choice between reading off of an electronic device like a Kindle or um, an iPad, or given the choice of going to a physical library, which one do you think your child would pick? You know, that's a good question, isn't it? I think so many times we think that they're going to pick the digital device because it's an app or it's a download and they're going to be like, ooh, super absorbed in it. But after my recent experience with my granddaughter, now granted she's only three years old, and my personal experiences, things that I've personally experienced... I would have to say that for myself, I would choose a library. Now, why would I do that? Okay, well, first of all, I have really fond memories in the library. I have, not so much as a child, I don't really remember going to the library a lot as a child uh, until I was like maybe about in seventh grade. We moved to a little uh, rural town and they had a cute little library and the librarian there had been a former school teacher and she just always took so much interest in me. So that, number one, it was a place to form a relationship. Number two, she would always ask me what my interests were and then she would show me books and I'd be like, yeah, I think I'd like to try that book. And so so the librarian, um, her name is Lilas, and she's actually still living. Uh, she's actually the parent of a really good friend of mine now. Uh, but at the time, I didn't know that friend. So, you know, that's how life takes you through twists and turns. Um, she's no longer a librarian, but getting back on track, she would just expose me to different types of genres. And I think if I would have just been on my Kindle or on my iPad, of course, back in the day, we didn't have those. But if Given that, I don't know if I would have explored the genres that she kind of showed me. Like nonfiction, I literally read some nonfiction because she recommended it. I still to this day, I'm not a huge fan of nonfiction unless there's something that I have a problem that I want to solve. Then I'm very into it. Uh, but just to walk through the library and pick up an autobiography of somebody, I really am not drawn to that. I'm really drawn more to mysteries or um, relationship type books where there's, you know, a family that might be struggling with something or... Or, you know, um, a growing a growing up coming of age type things. Those are those are kind of the the books that I tend to choose. Um, but but if I was given the choice, I still think I would go to the library. And again, the reason I say that it's not just because of the librarian; it's because of the space. Now, I when when we travel, a lot of times we'll we'll go to museums and things like that. But while my daughter was living in Boston, we actually went to one of Boston's main libraries. I don't know if it was the main library, but we went there, and it was so interesting uh, to go and visit that space. Because I had never been there. And it was huge. I mean, I'm talking, I'm used to these little 
the small town libraries. The biggest library I would go to would be um, a smaller town that's near my house, and 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 that's big, but not nearly as big as this was. But just the uniqueness of the architecture inside, feeling like you're in a space where you know there's other like-minded people who are reading books and wanting to kind of get into the same same space you know you're just going to sit down you're just going to absorb yourself in this book the physical act of turning the page is also kind of cool because I can really I can not only see my progress I can see my progress on my on my iPad my Kindle but I can literally feel the book getting heavier from one side to the other it's like this feeling of accomplishment I don't know there's just something about print that really draws me in so when we're thinking about um, getting books for our children um, this is kind of the time of year where schools are having uh, their back to school events like um, maybe you've had an open house or maybe you're already to the point where your child's school's been um, going long enough that uh, now they are going to be having parent teacher conferences and maybe this scholastic book um, club is coming so I just really wanted to talk to you about books in general, but some things to kind of look out for um, when you're when you're purchasing books. Maybe you're maybe you purchase books off of Amazon, or maybe you do use the Scholastic books that the teachers offer. You know, if your teacher offers that, please buy the books through the Scholastic book clubs. I'm going to tell you why. Literally, you cannot find books any cheaper, in my opinion, unless they're a download on a on a digital device, okay? But I have not been able to find books any cheaper outside of Scholastic Books. And I I gave I gave that up and I was thinking, you know, should I offer that for my students? But then I wasn't sure if Scholastic like delivered them because, you know, I've got students around the United States. So unless they could be delivered directly to them, that's not really going to do a whole lot for me. But um, when you order those books, whatever books you happen to order for your child, think about getting them interested in a book maybe they wouldn't ordinarily choose. Okay, so sometimes, and I I have a little bit of a prejudice against graphic organizers, and I'm not sure why I feel this way, but I feel like because there are so many pictures in them, I feel like the kids that struggle like to read them because they want to use the pictures to get meaning from the story. And while I feel like that is a great... um, type of book. I wouldn't keep my child just in graphic organizers because of that support. I would put them into books that that didn't have so many pictures because there is a real there's a real skill to being able to visualize and and having been a former 5th grade teacher for so many years, my struggling kids really struggled to create that mental picture in their head and by not providing them the picture, it forces their mind to create the picture. So when, we, when we're creating the picture, we're connecting with the text and we're going deeper in thought about what's going on. We're not just relying on what the illustrator has to tell us. Now, I totally honor and respect the job of illustrators because if that is your job, wow, that's an incredible job. I'm simply saying don't stay in the same genre all the time. And really, especially if you have a struggling struggling child, don't just stay in graphic um, novels. Graphic novels are like um, modern day chapter books of comic strips. 
Okay, there is a time and a place for all of that, and it's absolutely wonderful. But if we stay there all the time, we don't um, necessarily grow as a reader, and we want our children to grow as a reader. The other thing that scholastic books will do for your child's teacher is they will allow your child's teacher to um, get books for the classroom library. And even if the if they're not growing a library, then they can potentially purchase books with their points for gifts for your kids. So, or maybe they can purchase like sets. Maybe they're going to do um, a chapter book read and everybody's going to read the same book. Then they're able to do that um, at a much um, cheaper price. Because whether you realize this or not, 90% of the teachers out there, they're, they're spending their own, well, that's my guess. I, I, I must preface that. This is my guess. I would say approximately 90%, if not more, or maybe less, of the teachers out there are spending their own pocket money to provide books in the classroom. So this is just a great way to provide this service back to the classroom. But if you're not interested in that, go on to Amazon, look at in the children's book sections, or go to, go. you know, maybe there's a Barnes and Noble where you're at, or go to Target where the book section is, or go to Walmart where the book section is, or go to your local bookstore. You know, if you're in a big city, you're in an advantage. You have a bookstore. Not all the little towns in the rural areas like where I live have the opportunity. Um, but you could also go to um, your thrift stores, that's where I get a lot of my books. I just buy them used. What a great way to recycle. But but try to find books that are maybe not, not something that your child would typically read. And especially if you're going to pick them up at a discount price, then it's not so painful when they say they don't really want to, to enjoy that book. Um, and then speaking about books... I am doing my book drive, and I'm so excited because my daughter bought, uh, not bought, but she brought me, I, I need an R there, she brought me um, a couple bags of books that I can share with kids at Christmas time. And what a gift for a child. To be able to hand them, hand them a book, I think is huge. Whether they like the book or not, they're probably still going to open the book and explore the book. Then they can decide, is that a book that they'd like to read or not? And then they can always give it to somebody else. And that's, I'm, I'm pretty convinced that the gift of a book is just the gift of knowledge. And um, I'm excited about the opportunity to get to share the books with the kids in our community come Christmas time. So uh, if you're a local person, you know me personally, and you want to uh, line up a, a way for me to gather books from you, I'm still looking for more, more books. I don't want your books that have torn pages and they look terrible because I'm going to hand these to kids at, at, at a um, holiday event. So I want gently loved books that still have a lot of life left to them, but maybe they're not your child's favorite book. And you're like, you know what? We can gift these. I'm just going to give them to other kids. Um, I would love to be able to say that I make enough money to buy a book for every child that's out there. I'm sorry, I don't. Um, but if there's people out there that want to share that that gift of a book with other people, I would love to put your name in there, say donated by the so-and-so family, and then hand that out. Um, because I, I do give credit where credit is due. So um, I, I do appreciate you taking the time to think about that. And you know, if you're not a tutor and you're thinking, hey, this is a great idea. Yeah, have a book swap or collect books and hand them out at a, an event. Last year at Halloween, 
that's what I handed out. I'm not going to be able to do that this year because I'm flying out. Actually, I think I might be driving out. I'm driving out um, to Chicago to spend Halloween with my granddaughter. uh, But I might still maybe walk around and hand out a few little coloring pages or word searches to kids so that they feel like they're they're getting something other than candy. Now, listen, when your child gets something other than candy, sometimes they're slightly disappointed. But a week later, when they're like, they pull out the I'm bored card, you just say, hey, go back to that bucket or that bag. There's an activity page in there that you can do. And voila, I've solved your problem for you. Well, as the fall is is coming in, I've I've created some ways to get a hold of me that might be a little bit easier for you if you're a parent and you're thinking, how how can I get a hold of Cheryl and, and use her calendar booking link? You can go to MidwestTutor.com and I put my calendar booking link on there. Now that is not for regular sessions. That would be for a reading assessment uh, for your child. And clearly you probably already know where your child's at if you're if you've just had a meeting with the teacher. But if you wanted to work with me, I offer that for free. And that's a great way to get in touch with me for me to gather some data about your child and then to sit down and have a conversation about how I can support your child. As a matter of fact, I'm just a few minutes away from doing a lesson and I can talk to you about what that lesson's going to look like because I think sometimes parents don't really know what the lessons look like. This particular child, I'm doing um, intervention work with her. She is very intelligent, but, but does require some support. And so I am helping her relearn or go back through the vowel teams, the prefixes and the suffixes, teaching her how to segment words into syllables so that when she finds words that she's unfamiliar with, she doesn't guess because that's what many of our children do. They're going to guess instead of um, use strategies. So I'm building her toolbox of strategies so that she doesn't get stuck. And then she's able to increase her vocabulary because we talk about those words. And then we use them in sentences and she does spelling dictation with me. And then she does some reading. Um, That's For her, I do not give her decodable things. For other children, I do. But she's usually able to read non-decodable text at grade level. And then we talk about what she's been reading just to kind of keep that reading going for her so that she's feeling really good. Now, I also support this student in math. And today, since we've had a little bit of a break, I'm going to check in with mom and dad and find out, hey, do you need a little bit of help with math? And if not, we're just going to continue to work on the reading. Uh, but she does very, very well. And uh, I'm just so proud of her. She's worked so hard. She put in a lot of time and effort this summer. Um, for her, she had summer school and then she worked with me. Uh, so her two-week break that I took, that I gave her, was really probably the biggest break that she's had from tutoring since we started last year. So uh, I'm anxious to see her, see how she's changed. Uh, You know, when you take that two-week vacation from a child, they definitely grow, um, you know, uh, they they grow in two weeks. They they just literally grow. And it'll be really interesting to see how school's been going for her. So, hey, back to that main question. What are you going to do? Given the choice for yourself or for your child, would you choose something electronic or would you choose a library if you had to make the choice? Now, clearly I use both, but what would be your kind of go-to? And here's another thing I just, uh, as I end the podcast, um, if if you're not a real fan of like the Kindle, but you're thinking, yeah, I still want electronic books, I really do have to give a strong plug for Get Epic. I have it. I like it. I I share books um, on there with my granddaughter. We'll read books on there. She loves it. Um, Because we can't always 
physically drive to the library, but we do go to the library. Oh, and I think I mentioned on the last uh, podcast that our library had some really awesome books. She's only three years old, so, um, you know, she can't read it all. But we found this little um, pad, I guess, an electronic pad that came with the book, these books that the librarian had put together. And then she just had to match the icon with what was showing on the the reader machine and it read the page to her and she got it figured out. I thought, wow, that was pretty good for a three-year-old. So uh, those are just some things that uh, you guys can can consider when making uh, book choices. But another plug for Scholastic Books, if your teacher's handing out uh, those materials or there's um, the Scholastic Books is coming uh, to your school and you're thinking, hey, maybe I'll go buy a few books. The library, when they do that, they get um, points to buy new books for the library. And it's just a great way to really support your local school. If you're a micro school school or you're a homeschool, you can do this as well. You can set it, set it up and you can also uh, get free books. So you can work with your local uh, co-op, your, your local homeschooling group um, and Put that together, and then that's a great way for you guys to build a library of books for your kids. Okay, well, it's uh, I'm 10 minutes outside of my meeting. I need to get this posted for you guys and get into my meeting. As always, it's uh, been a pleasure to uh, spend time with you. You know, if this is something that you've been enjoying, please like, please subscribe, leave me a reply. I think at the end, I usually post, like, what did you enjoy most about this Um podcast. If you didn't like it, tell me, hey, it's not going to hurt my feelings. I'd like to hear more about whatever. Give me some feedback. And then um, also, if you're getting any um, good information, uh, let me know what's the part that that really has helped you as a parent or a listener or have I inspired you to become a tutor? I hope so. That'd be awesome. Um, or maybe you're just looking for help and you can always ask a question. So I got to go. Otherwise, I will be late and my student would be very unhappy. And so would I. So you guys make it a great day and keep the learning going.